You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hey, Ben. Hey, Fernando. Also hanging out with Travis Irvine. How you doing, Travis? Hello, Ben. Okay, very nice, great, super smooth intros as always. <laughs> we have a great show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with COVID regarding politics. Trump got booed. Lindsey Graham says, ham and biscuits, y'all couldn't have survived without the vaccine. <laughs> what does it mean going forward as we continue the conversation to vax or not to vax? Here in this fine country. Strange conversation. Didn't know we were going to be having it in 2021, but history repeats. People don't change, and uh, there will always be skeptics. In times when, damn, it would be nice if we could just get on the same page. But we will talk about that <laughs> and, of course, what's going on in Florida. Government overreach by DeSantis forcing schools to not allow masks. As some schools say, we would like to have masks. And he says, no masks. The government overreach on both sides is mind-numbing, and it makes me absolutely bubble over with anger. <laughs> He's bubbling. And you don't want to see a Ben bubbled over. That's uh, a bubbled over Ben right there. That's a bubble over. That's a bubbled over Ben right there. <laughs> and we'll also talk a little bit about what's going on regarding Joe Biden's approval rating and what's happening now as we continue the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Humanitarian crisis, we all know it's going to be one. How do we uh, stop as much chaos and bloodshed and pain as humanly possible. So we were talk about some of the solutions. Colorado as a state looks to be potentially stepping up when it comes to welcoming Afghan refugees. But before we get to all of that great content, mm. we must start with a man that we will never mention again. <laughs> never. Never again. He's walking into the abyss. He's in the desert heading towards the sun <clears throat> in need of water. <laughs> the political life of Andrew Cuomo, not just on life support, the plug has been pulled. He's dead. Flat talk, line. talk about a flat line. And he left office being just as much of a jackass as he was <laughs> when he was in office. The first story I want to talk about regarding this, obviously, he does have some pardons. Uh, there's also a story as far as uh, his Emmy goes, which we'll talk about here in a second. Yes, he did win an Emmy 
for lying to us on national television. Mm-hmm. Isn't that nice? I thought that was Stephen Colbert's job. Oh! <laughs> Cuomo left his dog, Captain, at the mansion after the governor departed. The dog is super freaking cute. He got this dog in the final days of his third term. According to two police sources, so you know they're reliable, they told the Times Union, that's your local paper up there in Albany, New York, they said on Saturday as the governor was packing up his bags, kissing his final interns goodbye, (laughs) they said that he said, that's a real he said, he said here, does anybody want this damn dog? So basically Cuomo's got this dog named Captain. Evidently, it's a high-strung mix shepherd, (laughs) Siberian, and Malamute. And evidently, Mr. Cuomo, being the brute that he is, said, I don't want you anymore, dog. I don't need you for political gain. I don't need to use you for photo ops anymore. Like a true psychopath, he (laughs) says, Doug, you offer me nothing. The dog says, but what about the hugs? Cuomo didn't care about the hugs unless they were coming from staffers. The dog is still (laughs) in the governor's mansion to this very day. Governor Cuomo on the way out of office (laughs) doing something that Man, I can't say it's unexpected because he killed 16,000 elderly people. But just when you thought maybe, maybe he could have a heart, open up the door. Let the dog jump in. Go have a good time in the woods. Go go to uh, upstate New York and hang out in the uh, Adirondacks. Mm-hmm. But no, instead, little captain, he was standing there in the driveway of the governor mansion Looking at Cuomo pull away, just saying, (laughs) didn't I love him enough? (laughs) But apparently Captain didn't. And I also don't like the way all the articles regarding Captain, they victim blame, don't they? (laughs) High strung. (gasps) It's called a dog. Dogs are very high strung, especially when their father is a sociopathic governor who (laughs) has zero ability to love. In one of the articles I read, uh, apparently one of the mansion staffers took the dog home for a few days, but returned him because it was too difficult. The dog was <sighs> difficult, Ben. So, I oh mean, my God. Uh, this is independent of on Cuomo. Them. This just shows you how <laughs> unbelievably inept and lazy government employees are. You can't take care of a dog. I'm sorry. I'm no Caesar Milan, okay? But I do watch the show. Every dog is good. It's the people that train them that are bad. You can rehabilitate Captain, the dog. I don't see how this is any way. This is no way to treat the first dog of New York State, a.k.a. Captain. According to Richard Azopardi, (laughs) he's a senior advisor and spokesperson for the governor. He lashed out at the allegation that the governor has been looking for someone to care for the canine. He said... He made a temporary arrangement because the governor who is scheduled to resign from office at 11.59 p.m. Monday is planning to take a vacation. You don't take your dog on vacation? Then it's not a vacation whatsoever. So the final scandal, dare I say perhaps. The worst. The the worst. Governor Cuomo leaving captain at the governor's mansion to die or even worse, potentially be a victim. I mean, uh, in his tweet, he said, uh, yes, I was downstate monitoring the storm response for a few days, but Captain and I are a man and his dog. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) so gross. And then Captain is like, get me out of here, please. According to Azo Party, he said in a statement on Saturday, Captain is part of the governor's family. And for your nameless, ill-informed source (laughs) to imply that they've been trying to give him away is untrue. 
He goes on to say, someone offered to watch him for a few days while the transition was going on, but for that to be weaponized (laughs) and morph from a game of telephone into the pages of your paper is absurd. Now excuse Mm. us as we're preparing for a major storm. Yeah, PR storm. (laughs) My God, why would they not take care of this? This this just says all you need to know. Andrew Cuomo, I mean, he's just politician through and through. As soon as that dog was no longer useful to him. Bye. I had a chance to interview a psychologist this week for a uh, Patreon interview talking about psychopaths and how they use people. And as soon as they are no longer needed, as soon as they've used up all of their resources and energy maybe it's money maybe it's mm-hmm. housing maybe it's a car they throw them away mm-hmm. and they had no emotional attachment to them whatsoever and i think that's exactly what's happened here speaking of throwing away and speaking of total psychopaths the people who are in charge of giving people their emmys <laughs> have rescinded cuomo's <laughs> emmy oh my of gosh. course again he got the emmy for his covid briefings I'll give everyone a second to vomit in their mouth, (laughs) roll down their window, and spit it on the highway because it is disgusting that this man got an Emmy and a book deal as, again, tens of thousands of people in his state were either dying because of his policies or because of COVID in general. So the International Academy of Television and Arts and Science... It said on Tuesday, it revoked the special Emmy given to the former (laughs) New York governor, Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo received the International Emmy Founders Award for, quote, masterful use of television to inform and calm people around the world. I don't think they watched any of his press conference because (laughs) press conference is because there was nothing calming about them. He was only slightly calm because his nipples are constantly being pinched by his nipple rings. So Cuomo, as he stepped down because of the sexual assault allegations and the uh, miserable working environment he created for everyone, and especially, of course, the female staffers that worked for him, as he stepped down, they say, that's unacceptable. But the sad reality is because we don't care for our elderly Speaking of a psychopath society, once you're done working, we throw you away and never care about you again. Thank you for the hard work at the mill, Roy. Can you die? That'd be great. Because you're taking up our Medicare. It'd be great if you died, Roy. That's how we treat our elderly. And that scandal didn't get nearly the press it deserved. And the fact that the Emmy Association, bunch of idiots, the fact that they... They knew the scandal was happening and chose to ignore it. But of course, with Andrew Cuomo, nobody cares about the elderly people that he sent to their death, which I think is a mass tragedy that was completely covered up by mainstream media, lamestream media, of course, because a big orange bloated doucheball was in office and Cuomo looked slightly better than he did in a suit. So people said, whatever. He's better than the orange monster. Of course, the binary thinking that leads us to the road to hell that we're currently living in. So because of the investigation, the Television Academy said, quote, we're rescinding his special 2020 International Emmy Award. 
They go on to say his name and any reference to his receiving the award will be eliminated <laughs> from International Academy Award materials going forward. So wow. talk about just erasing history and also talk about not taking any accountability whatsoever for your own actions. The lack of due diligence when it comes to the Emmy, when someone just decided to be like, let's give it to Cuomo with zero foresight. Maybe they worked at the Lincoln Project. To add to your point on that, uh, when he was getting the Founders Award, which is what this Emmy was, there was already mounting criticism about the, because this was in November, Mm -hmm. November 2020. uh, At that point, there was 6,300 COVID-19 positive residents, and the nursing home scandal was, he had just mandated that. So they already knew, Ben. They already knew what was happening. But uh, my God, he was compelling, and he told it like it is. Whoa. What a nice guy. You know, now he doesn't get to take his Emmys. He didn't take his dog and he didn't take any accountability. Where does he go from here? Where does the man go from here? Well, probably right to CNN to host a show with his his brother. brother. (laughs) Also on the way out. um, One of the things that if I was ever a governor, this is what I fantasize about giving clemency. Mm-hmm. And uh, and saying, you, sir, can leave jail. One of the things that outgoing uh, Governor Cuomo did, he granted clemency uh, to a few convicted murderers. But, you know, they're all old now and stuff. They'll be fine. So I suppose if I want to be optimistic, which don't worry, I'll quickly backtrack. <laughs> he did this out of the goodness of his heart. Or I think Travis can allude a little bit more to what truly happened. This is nothing more than political uh, play and God knows the backroom deals that were struck in order to get these certain people out of jail because there are many more uh, that he could have commuted, many more sentences. And the question is, how does one get their sentence commuted by a corrupt governor? You probably do what Roger Stone said Steve Bannon did to receive <laughs> Trump's pardon use blackmail. Yes, absolutely, Ben. This is one area where Andrew Cuomo, uh, as as flawed as the man is, Uh, letting people who did make mistakes and serve their time within the judicial system. It does happen routinely from governor to governor in all 50 states. Um, A lot of these folks, you look at the crimes they committed. uh, They, of course, were a long time ago. They've certainly served their time. And you saw a lot of these folks, uh, some of them have become teachers. Some of Mm -hmm. them have become ministers. And this is what, you know, we talk a lot about on this program, the criminal justice system, how we do want it to work. This is supposed to have second chances. And hopefully what we're all hoping here is that there were no backroom deals and there were no bribery and there was no blackmail on like with Roger Stone and Steve Bannon. (laughs) And a lot of these folks just serve their time within, you know, the very cruel New York judicial system the let's face worst. it the new york one is is harsher Oof. than many so uh you know what good on andrew cuomo for getting some of these folks out of jail and on their way back to uh hopefully a better life all right well there you go something nice because we always try to be fair on this show something <laughs> nice about andrew cuomo until of course they all reoffend, and we've got all these elderly murderers <laughs> on the streets of albany let's see if any of them want a dog Well, it's interesting. We'll talk a little bit about Roger Stone here in a second, but uh, Travis mentioned what goes on within the jail and the prison system of New York State and the jail system of New York City. When we were running for office, we uh, campaigned to shut down Rikers Island. It is unbelievably uh, poorly run, underfinanced, and it really is just a playground set in straight up 
hellacious purgatory. You don't know if you're going upstate. You don't know if you're going back home to Queens or Brooklyn or Manhattan. You're scared. You're young. And you're surrounded by other scared young kids. Evidently, what's going on right now at Rikers Island, and you can see this with multiple cell phone videos, inmates are just going crazy because there's no more staffing. Uh, well, there is some staffing. It's just extremely understaffed. And evidently, because of that, inmates are running wild in Rikers Island. They're answering phones. There's massive gang violence. Three inmates from the Folk Nation gang jumped a Bloods member and slashed him in the face uh, inside an unmanned housing area, uh, the jail's largest facility. Uh, at the time, 26 corrections officers were working quadruple shifts. Wow. 35 Oof. were on triple shifts. And 30 patrol posts across the facility were unmanned as the jail grapples with an ongoing staff shortage. This is the worst situation you could possibly imagine. And when you're detained in this country, the one thing, well, one of the few things that they should at the very least ensure is some kind of safety. For those inmates, I understand a lot of people aren't in, in there for being amazing. And I get that a lot of people made mistakes. There's also some people in there that can't pay bail and mm -hmm. are just in way over their freaking head. And I mean, you know, we we hear the stories, um, the trauma that occurs, the, the rape that occurs, mm -hmm. the violence that occurs. And otherwise people, otherwise people who could be fully rehabilitated go in and they come out a hell of a lot worse than they did. And this is just another example of how that happens as we have extremely understaffed, overworked corrections officers at Rikers Island. I know there's a lot of bad eggs. There, there are some bad eggs in that group, but I have to assume, and I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt when it comes to these corrections officers, what a nightmare for them to have yeah. to deal with because they're also going into, they live in jail as well. Until they get to clock out, which is a, a great, uh, that's an unbelievable privilege. But it is not easy. Again, 26 corrections officers working quadruple shifts, 35 are on triple shifts, which I think just means you never don't work. What is a triple shift? Isn't that a full day? It's a, uh, yeah, eight hours is a shift. Eight hours, 16, yes, 24. So they're just in there 24 7, completely overwhelmed. Uh. And the chaos continues. So when we talk about policing, we talk about over-policing, but then we also have the issue with under-policing, and the goal is to find the right middle. This is not it. Out of sight, out of mind. That's why I wanted Rikers to be shut down. That's why I still believe Rikers needs to be uh, shut down. At the very least, completely revamped. They need to get Chip and Joanne Gaines in there to do a fixer-upper. <laughs> But the fact it truly is an island, it's a way, it's almost impossible to go visit anybody on it. Our friend Jeffrey uh, Joseph, great actor, uh, Jeffrey Joseph, he, you can see him in some Hallmark movies. Hmm. He used to teach at Rikers, and at one point, uh, he just stopped going because the process became so intense, and they treated him like a criminal. We have that one story about the father who went to go visit his son who accidentally stepped into a cell. They locked him in for like a week. Oh As <laughs> oh he's gosh. pounding on the door, be like, I don't belong in here. And the officers are like, yeah, you and everybody else. And it's like, I'm his father. It's like, okay. <laughs> nightmare. It's a yes. nightmare. Yes. And that nightmare is only increasing as we're understaffed. And again, when it comes to these 
politicians who are totally allowed to slide. Why isn't Mayor de Blasio being held responsible for that? Why? I mean, this is just as bad as the nursing home scandal in many ways. Anytime the government is taking care of citizens because of government policies that put those citizens mm-hmm. in custody of the uh, of the government, they have a mandate to make sure that those people stay safe. And the fact that they're not doing that is a massive, another black eye on the New York State and New York City criminal justice system. So hopefully, um, hopefully we don't have too many more Khalif Browders. Of course, the man who was wrongfully incarcerated for supposedly stealing a backpack, even if he did, which he didn't. Two years incarcerated for stealing a backpack, I would be away for life. He committed suicide after the stint. He just couldn't adapt back to society. And these are really formative years for the people that are incarcerated, mostly, again, young men, young men of color. And these are formative years. This is where you're supposed to be getting the foundation for your life. This is where you're supposed to, like, you know, you're not going to be super successful yet, but you're supposed to have the building blocks going, all those invisible things that no one sees, all those steps that nobody sees until you're on top of the mountain. You're like, that must have been an overnight sensation. It's like, no, there's a whole (laughs) bunch of footsteps behind me as I was building my way to climb up this GD thing. All of that stuff is shook. And it's really difficult to get back because once you have the scarlet letter uh, prisoner or F for felon or just criminal. The Scarlet Letter C. It's just so difficult to get any kind of work whatsoever. You know, this really makes me take into account the Cuomo de Blasio era. What a disastrous disaster. Two Democratic men with such large egos that they couldn't even work together on simple things like saving the L train, which was something, you know, again, when it comes to your campaign for Brooklyn Borough President in 2017, not only did you advocate for closing Rikers Island and criminal justice reform and legalizing marijuana, uh, but you also advocated for just single tracking the L train because Albany and New York City couldn't seem to work together on a solution. I saw a very interesting clip on MSNBC the other day. They had Bill de Blasio on, and they asked him what he looked forward to with working with the new governor, the first female governor of New York in history, Kathy Hochul. Mm -hmm. And and he just said, you know what? She seems like a grounded human being that we can actually work with. And you just got to wonder, you know, from City Hall in New York City up to to the the powers, the, the halls of power in Albany, um, just so much has gone wrong just because mm-hmm. of personal political conflict. Absolutely. Two men with huge egos, small dicks. Oh, I don't know if that's true, but two egos <laughs> and uh, unwillingness to budge and a willingness to throw the people under the proverbial bus for their own political gain. So perhaps, I mean, I'm no de Blasio fan. The fact that he ran for president was an affront to all of the candidates on that stage. (laughs) I'm no joke. I would have voted. um, I would have gone Marianne Williamson in a heartbeat over de Blasio. (laughs) He was the worst candidate by a mile on that stage. But the fact that he and Cuomo had treated us like the children in the living room, just trying to watch SNL as the parents fight in the bathroom, um, hoping <laughs> that the kids don't hear, even though they know that it, they, the kids are hearing, just sitting there being like, I hope today's a better day. And it never was. <laughs> right. So perhaps this will make de Blasio a better mayor. If he can work with Hochul, it was a double-edged sword. They both sucked, but maybe uh, for the amount of time that he has left, maybe, right. maybe they could 
have a relationship that does something productive. Right. Uh, I mean, he's he's only got a few months left. And, yes. uh, you know, you know what? Maybe it's time for a female governor of that that very strange corrupt or someone short de blasio so tall it seems like there's also a guy here that that sucks that's involved Uh, apparently they got a new department of corrections commissioner in june his name is vincent chiraldi and uh he made a few policy changes for example uh basically they were already known for having the worst working conditions in the jail's history yes great so so they were already doing really bad and then um (laughs) Uh, basically they, they, he promised that they would never have to do the triple shifts, but it never actually changed the policy. Mm. And then when approximately 3000 of eight star, uh, 8,000 staffers call, started calling out sick, like in July, uh, and he changed the policy to where they would now require a doctor's note in order to get days off or things like that. Right. And as you know, they probably don't have the the means to be able to go to the doctor when you aren't having a you know, no, per- perhaps, or of course, I can go to the doctor. I'll get a doctor's note right freaking now. But you know, so, basi- so basically, they he kind of trapped them in a catch-22. He said right, he right. would give them the means and then... And let's also not forget, and we can talk a little bit about COVID in, the, in, the, in a political sense. We're not going to break down the science behind it. <laughs> uh, no, everyone has memes to do that. <laughs> but we're in the middle of a pandemic as well. And you have someone like de Blasio who wants to put the harshest um, restrictions... On a, on his uh, citizens when it comes to COVID, talk about super spreaders, confinement with right. a bunch of kids screaming and fighting. Mm. I wonder if that could lead to more potential death. And no joke, if it did, this is just as bad as the nursing home scandal. Ugh. If to, if, I mean, God. who knows? These numbers, we'll never see the numbers. How many people? How many people are right? They all have COVID. They all have something. Right. And they all must, by definition, have some kind of virus they didn't have going in. Right. Just by exposure. Right. Um, but he, he, this is what he tried to do to fix it, guys. He said that uh, instead of fixing the triple shift and the quadruple shift issue, uh, he offered them free cab ride homes and meals to staffers. Oh, okay. Well, that's called lunch. And I thought that people got fed sometimes, especially when they work at a place that has a working kitchen. All right. Well, just lastly here on this, Roger Stone, uh, speaking of pardons, Roger Stone, he did claim that Steve Bannon blackmailed Trump to receive a pardon. This is what Stone had to say. He says, come on, sloppy Steve. (laughs) We can find a suit and tie that's clean, I think. You should come on InfoWars and answer what I just said. So that'll be something we'll continue to watch as the two uh, former considered to be political masterminds get together and just have an old grandpa fight. And uh, we'll see what ends up happening as these two big, burly brutes beat each other. <laughs> What's a, I'm trying to think of a bloody? There we go. That's good alliteration. <laughs> Thank you, Trav. Yes, I mean, uh, you you sent this story to uh, our top hat group chat, and uh, my first thought was. Oh, Roger must have blackmailed Trump for his pardon as well. Because it's just like if Roger says someone else did it, it's probably Roger did it. So. Oh, never mind. I did. I would, no, you know what, Steve? <laughs> I did that. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Of yeah. course. They a, both probably a, uh, did it. A tale as old as time when it comes to political operatives and the people they help get in office. They project everything that they've ever done uh, wrong onto their opponent. And really hope that they muddy the waters enough so people don't know the truth. Speaking of that perfect segue to Donald Trump, Mm. because that's exactly what he did. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. 
On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Did you guys see this footage of Trump getting booed at the Alabama rally? (laughs) The only thing that makes me interested in this story, I don't give a shit what the audience does. I don't watch stand-up comedy. I don't care. But the only thing that's interesting to this story, in my opinion, is Donald Trump, is his brand (laughs) able, is his political brand able to be more powerful in the minds of an anti-vaxxer than the anti-vax mindset that is obviously they think about themselves very. I, I, I love autonomy, but they're very much. They think they're you know autonomous beings that have no impact on others, and no one should have an impact on them. Even though just by the nature of being alive, that's not true. Mm-hmm. We all have an impact on each other, whether we like it or not. So Trump getting booed at this rally, and we'll have uh, Travis do some of the quotes. I just wonder what it means, and as we've seen before in Trump's speeches, you don't have to agree with everything that he says because his audience often doesn't, Mm -hmm. but then they just like that he tells the truth the way that he sees it. But this is a slightly different situation on account that Trump wants to take advantage of Operation Warp Speed. He wants credit for the COVID vaccine rollout, but then he has a massive contingency of supporters who hate the vaccine, who don't believe that the vaccine is in any way beneficial, and as a matter of fact, believe the vaccine is nefarious. So so let's hear from Donald Trump through the mouth of Travis Irvine. And then I want to talk about that. If you're Trump, like these are two very difficult political um, ideologies to marry. And I just wonder what it's going to look like. But let's just go to Trump live at the rally here. Donnie! Woo! And you know what? You know what? I believe totally in your freedoms. I do. You've got to do what you've got to do. But I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. No, All right. Okay. All right. New territory for me. No, that's okay. That's all right. You you got your freedoms. You got your freedoms. But I happen to take the vaccine. If it doesn't work, you'll be the first to know. Okay. I'll call up Alabama. I'll say, hey, you know what? But it's working. You, you do have your freedoms. You have to keep, you have to maintain that. That is an exact quote. <laughs> so exact talk quote. about someone trying not to drown. Yikes. Like that is him. You can see the flailing of the arms. Just be like, I hope no sharks show up. Oh, but no. what do you guys think as far as because Trump again? The two things that we're trying that he's trying to marry is you have the individual rights not to get the vaccine. Sure, sure. However, can I get some credit for Operation War Speed? <laughs> right, and why right. is Biden? Biden's getting all the credit. So, Travis, what do you think from a political perspective? How does he like thread this strange? strangely created uh, needle. Like, how does he thread this 
it's Frankenstein's monster. It's Dr. Frankenstein be like, I just thought you were going to be a little nicer. I didn't right. know you were going to start killing kids. Yes. I think he's so used to just going out and saying whatever he likes to say and everyone cheers and rah, rah, rahs. The real question is why? Why is he doing this? And you got to think maybe there's just a, a touch of responsibility. Like you said, he wants credit, but he probably also doesn't want his supporters to all start dying, you know, especially mm -hmm. ramp up things to the midterms in 2022. I mean, people are still dying by the thousands. And that's my initial reaction is that a, you're, you're absolutely right, Ben. He wants credit for what he did. Uh, B, uh, he wants these people to actually get vaccinated in the same way Pope Francis does. But right. what is happening is you're absolutely right. The brand is now directly challenging the crazy. And right. what's mm. happened here in Ohio today was we literally had Catholic priests testifying at the Ohio State House uh, in favor of an anti-vaccination law where mm. these priests were saying under oath that Pope Francis is no longer the real pope. So and pope, Biden's not the real president. What is yeah, happening? That's the thing. It, it, it puts a new spin on the old question. Is the Pope Catholic? Cause now he's not, <laughs> he's just vaccinated. He's a Democrat. No, absolutely, folks. The Pope's a Democrat. He's the, a Democrat. The oh Frankenstein's monster comparison that you made, I think is like very clear. I think he really right. got a glimpse. He, he really, and you could tell cause he immediately started, you know, backpedaling. Oh, of course you, you got your freedoms, <laughs> but but he really thought that he was going to say, get vaccinated. Everyone's going to go, yeah. And then they didn't. And, and he's like, not. what the fuck am I going to do? Henry Zabrowski from last podcast on the left. He had a great idea for Trump. If Trump would have just started selling Trump 2020 masks, they would have <gasps> yeah. sold out. Yep. Everyone would have been like, great. I get to wear them on my face just like I've always wanted to. <laughs> All the men who would love if Trump sat on their face and now they can wear his name over their lips just oh. like they love. Another interesting component to this story, as we mentioned, this was in Alabama. Mm -hmm. uh, Governor Kay Ivey, obviously a Republican out of uh, Alabama, has said that the reason why the state is doing so horribly is because of, quote, the unvaccinated folks. Right now, Alabama has a population of only 36% who have received the vaccination, so well under uh, 50%. And certainly well under the 100%. Uh, that would, of course, lead uh, to a much quicker recovery from this horrible pandemic. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation vaccination tracking poll, it found that Republicans were the second least likely demographic group to be vaccinated above only uninsured Americans under 65. Well, 50% of Republicans have received at least one dose of the vaccine or say, or say they will get the shot as soon as possible. 40% say that they will never or will never do so if it's required or that they are still in a wait and see mode. The 40% is the second highest among the 23 demographic groups surveyed. So it's a difficult thing for the Republican Party. You know, they talk about Democrats want immigrants so they can vote, <laughs> all this nonsense. Uh, well, if you're the Republican Party, you should want people to get vaxxed so they can vote mm -hmm. because as Travis said, they very well might just die or dare I say, get it, get sick, realize they were wrong. Look at the politicians they followed and go another direction. That could be, that could be very telling. We're going to find out, I think in, yes, in 2022, every single state, you know, from Texas to Ohio to California, New York, 
there's surges everywhere. And the only places that are really feeling the pinch are the places where, yes, like you touched on, less than 40% of the population is vaccinated. That's where you got your ICUs are no longer available for kids. Like it it's is so Texas. sad. Florida, uh, obviously, I think we're going to get to that here in a second. Yep. The, the people are, the hospital staff is walking out of the hospital. Who's going to run the hospital? Dude, it's so scary. I watched one video of a hospital that has a uh, a room where the nurses and doctors can go break a bunch of plates. They mm. have to have a break stuff room like it's Limp Biscuit Hospital <sighs> because of how freaking stressed they are by getting screamed at by people who thought the vaccine was going to give them microchips. Meanwhile, they're taking pills that are supposed to be given to cattle so that they can supposedly treat this. It's just got to be... Uh, so stressful, infuriating, especially when you're in the business, I'm talking doctors and nurses, of healthcare and supposedly, mm-hmm. or at the very least in theory, trying to save people's lives as they scream at you about how you're wrong and somehow a spawn of the devil. Uh, basically, uh, I'm, I'm reading here that this isn't the first time that Trump has endorsed vaccinations either. Apparently, he was on Fox Business last week. And uh, he said uh, to Maria Bartiromo, he told her uh, that the Biden administration is using the booster shots as a money ma- money making operation for Pfizer, but it's still you know he's still pro vaccine, but it's still a money making operation. Well, so, we've talked about that. It definitely is a money making operation, and that is really sad. And that's why again, Pfizer needs to give that money or much of that money back to the people because uh, they do not deserve to make tens of billions. Currently, it's well over $10 billion uh, because of their work when it comes to the Pfizer vaccine, which is now officially FDA approved, which only means it won't kill you, Mm -hmm. which is good. Yeah. It's just interesting to me that he he'll do it, but with the caveat, it's still Trump. You know what I mean? Of he won't, course, he won't ever he won't ever one hundred percent in all eggs in one basket. So that way, when if it doesn't work out in his favor, he can be like, but I said, but I said exactly. <laughs> well, he's a hodgepodge of political ideology. He's a Warshak test, and he can uh, be filled with whatever you want to fill him with. He is the hollow bunny uh, made of orange chocolate. Lindsey Graham. <laughs> He described his experience uh, as far as recovering from COVID-19. He says, it would have been a heck of a lot worse if I didn't already have the vaccine. Uh, Perhaps you can read this quote as well. Uh, This is the Hill article. Absolutely. Uh, Go go ahead and introduce me. All right. Now it's time for Lindsey Graham. He's going to discuss his battle with COVID-19. Lindsey Graham, 66 years straight. The most straight man (laughs) I've ever met. Lindsey Graham. Thanks, y'all. I've been vaccinated. I got COVID anyway. I, a couple of really bad days, but I'm doing better, and I feel on the man, and I'm confident if I hadn't gotten this vaccine, it could have been a whole hell of a lot worse, y'all. Ham and biscuits to all my colleagues. I appreciate the good wishes and the phone calls and the food, mainly the <laughs> ham and biscuits, y'all. Oh. I think the worst is behind me, and the best <laughs> is about to get behind me, too. Thanks, y'all. Ham and biscuits. Uh, He goes on to say, I want to reinforce a simple message. If you haven't been vaccinated regarding the COVID problem, you need to get vaccinated. So it seems as if, uh, again, strange bedfellows, it's American politics. It's always a Hugh Hefner orgy. Half the people (laughs) don't want to be there and the other ones don't know why they're there. This is one of those situations where you can see the Republican Party with Lindsey Graham and Donnie trying its best to know where the, the we can see the tea leaves. We know mm-hmm. where the future is going. 
The science is the science. As far as people who are unvaccinated, you have a heck of a lot better chance of getting super sick than those who are vaccinated. And I don't think anyone needs to hear this, but just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you can't get COVID. It's just like the flu vaccine. You can still get the flu. It's just about not dying and having permanent lung damage. Uh, as we've all known, um, people personally mm-hmm. uh, who have uh, passed away and there's nothing sadder than someone who is <clears throat> on their deathbed be like, can I get vaccine now it's like nope i'm sorry you just can't so this is about saving lives uh and of course i do agree a government mandate will simply backfire so it's up to you the individual you can take take your don't tread on me flag right to the old ralph's (laughs) and get a poke and no one will tread on you i promise Mm -hmm. you um it is not a big deal people are so emotional about this shit. And I understand the concept of freedom and not wanting the government to mandate putting something into your body. Great. Right. But this is nothing, but this is about you. This is about So have, have respect for yourself. If you are a religious person, your body is a temple for God. Mm-hmm. This is just getting someone to buffer the floors. Just hire a janitor, dude. Like it's not, there is no religious reason not to have this. At no point in the Bible was Jesus like, and fuck medicine. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, his whole thing was like, I'll make you healthy with magic. And he did it. And people <laughs> were like, no, that's pretty good to me. <laughs> the vaccine of its time. So please, God. And I know I'm not going to preach on this because we are literally preaching to the choir when it comes to uh, when it comes to that. But what's interesting, the only reason we're talking about it is the uh, Republican Party now, mm-hmm. specifically the Trump wing of the Republican Party, the part of the Republican Party that has been um, basting itself in Trump sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting to see them try to get out and clean off some of the uh, some of the muck as uh, they pretend like they were on the right side throughout all of this time. That would be a good idea. They should just call the vaccine Trump sauce. And I think Trump sauce. Step right up. You wait until it. he gets into barbecue sauce. It'd be oh, just no. as good as the steaks. Do you think that Trump sauce is stronger than anti-vax rhetoric, though? I don't know, because now we're going to start seeing what's I mean, what's happening. We, we'll talk about this in a second. I don't want to talk on it too much, but like what's going on with the Proud Boys. And uh, you look at the the level of violence and you look at the fanaticism. It's still there. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they can the thing with the Trump community is that they give a lot of leeway to their leaders <laughs> and they'll say, well, he's not a perfect messenger, but it's about the message. Now, that being said, if the message that he is proposing is totally against the message that they want. Right. I just don't know, because at the same, it's just it's like a it's like a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> they've been beaten up so much, you know, but they still remember the Super Bowls. Yep. They still remember the yep. three rings. And yeah, it was 25 years ago. But but man, we still love them, despite the fact they've made horrible decisions after horrible decisions. And that's what we're dealing with is such fandom. I don't know. We just don't know. And we'll see as we uh, go forward here. This is why I'm so excited for the midterms uh, in 2022 and, and what goes on, because uh, it really is a uh, this is going to be an interesting a political couple of months here and a litmus test for what's going to happen in 2022. I think it's fair to say a litmus test right now is going on with Ron DeSantis in Florida. If you look mm-hmm. at what Ron DeSantis did, forcing people not to wear masks, which is again, forcing the government should not force you to wear or not wear a mask. That is my personal belief at the very least. Now, when it comes to uh, the vaccine and having that available, the Florida board of education on Friday cleared the way, 
for a state to slowly bleed the pay of local school board members who voted to mandate masks for students, marking the first sanctions on those who have defied DeSantis's administration orders. This is about education. We need to be talking about education. We need to get kids in the classroom safe. If some kids don't want to wear the mask and other kids want to wear the mask, I don't see why that's a problem. Uh, it's up to you. It's up to your discretion. It's up to your family's discretion. You don't know what it, what what do the parents of these people do. If, if it's the child of a nurse, maybe they want to be fully masked mm-hmm. at all times. But if it's who Babies I don't know everybody's I, yeah, I don't know everybody's personal experiences. And that's why when you have large government overreach like DeSantis trying to Mm -hmm. pretend like it's under the guise of freedom, which it never is because it's impossible to have a statement from a government uh, written, you know, through the pen uh, of, of, of a government office. It's impossible for them to understand all the variables because it's, it's extremely unique. Life is extremely unique. Mm -hmm. And so you just don't know. And so for them to threaten to cut funding to school districts who want people to wear masks is absolutely absurd. The five school districts across Florida represent more than a million students, and uh, they are bucking DeSantis's administration's mask policies, and uh, are now being punished uh, because um, because they're not following the law and order as Ron DeSantis sees it. What do you think about this, Trav? Do you think this is going to be a political winner for him going forward? Of course, in 2020, the right really liked DeSantis the same way the the left loved Cuomo. And we're definitely seeing uh, a fall from grace, obviously, for Cuomo. And I think we're seeing a fall for fall from grace in many ways uh, for DeSantis as well. How do you think this shakes out as Florida again? You know, it's it's got an STD right now. It's burning. The yes. dick is burning. America's and, uh, penis is burning. It and, really uh, is. I mean, and at some point, where does the buck stop? It's got to stop at the governor's store. Right. Well, of course, DeSantis, everyone is, um, at least on the Republican side, on the Trump side, was really hoping he would go for a presidential run in 2024. Certainly uh, one of his most popular residents, Donald Trump, would have to uh, give him the blessing to do that. But, you know, it's such a fascinating thing to see Republicans and conservatives kind of go against that, those individual rights. And, And more importantly, against local control. I mean, you're talking about cracking down on local school boards. It is up to a local school board to make decisions for that local municipality mm-hmm. and those schools and those children there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're dealing with the same thing here in Ohio. There are so many, now you're having, as you correctly uh, referred to, it's heavy handed uh, uh, legislation from the pen, from the government, revoking local control, revoking individual rights. I've never heard so many Republicans say my body, my choice in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> and yet half of them uh, don't even believe that now. So I don't know where they're going. Right. Absolutely. It's an interesting conundrum uh, that DeSantis has found himself in with his horrible policymaking decisions based solely upon politics and not the will or the need of the people. Um, I'm really liking that there's a lot of pushback to apparently uh, seven school districts have already uh, uh, basically they've imposed their own mask mandates despite the threat from DeSantis. And there's uh, four families that have already sued. And I really like what they had to say. Uh, basically, uh, they're suing because of the ban on masks. Uh, basically, 
one of these women had to say, especially coming from a Republican governor, the Republican Party is supposed to be the party of local control and small government. Mm -hmm. And so when you don't allow locally elected officials to make their own decisions, then you can't base it on the needs of the community. I mean, exactly what Travis just said. The parents mm -hmm. feel the exact same way. Mm -hmm. So this is... Who, who and again, right? it is up to those local municipalities to decide. And uh, the nice thing is it's much easier to speak to your community board than it is your governor. And yes. so if someone is against the mask mandate and say, can we have freedom on the other side, please? They can go and they can speak and hopefully they can be heard uh, as well. And again, get, <laughs> well, everyone knows if these, it, the whole thing could just be solved so easily. <laughs> And then we could be done with the mask conversation. And he's actually... I can't wait, but we'll get there. There's a, a special needs children are also suing him as well because, you know, they need the masks. They need of to be course. able to wear the mask. So. Of course. Anyone who needs the mask. It's the dumbest legislation <laughs> ever. It's just like living in... Oh, God. It's what the American people are right now is being gaslit. That's Truly. the fact. Wow. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Well, just moving on quickly here, let's talk a little bit uh, about Afghan, uh, the Afghan pullout and uh, what's going on with uh, President Biden. Uh, of course, when you go against the military industrial complex and when you go against, um, you know, what the U.S. is best at, which is bombing, not building, you're going to get a lot of blowback. And uh, Biden certainly has gotten a lot of blowback from all sides. I am still pro withdrawal. I believe that that is the right decision. At no point in getting out of Afghanistan will it be good. <laughs> it's going to be hard and it's going to be a hard process. The question is, how do we handle it now? Some people are not happy with Joe Biden when it comes to his handling of uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Currently, these, you know, these poll numbers go up and down and they're predicated a lot on the misinformation and disinformation that's being spread by mainstream media outlets. Currently, he's at around 41%. But if you look at his poll of polls over the current run of his administration, he's doing quite well, usually polling over 50. But naturally, as we see the heartbreaking images coming from Afghanistan, as we see uh, the Taliban and, um, and uh, its ilk, do atrocious things to people of that region. We need to remember, uh, A, we didn't do jack shit to stop them over 20 years. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. But B, we also need a deep humanitarian response, which is what we probably should have had in the first place. I always think um, if you can do something with a humanitarian touch, if you can do something with a diplomatic approach, in the long run, that's how you nation build. 
You don't nation build by killing a bunch of people's family members, assuming that they're going to come to your side. And you certainly don't nation build by simple bribery, which is literally what we've been doing for 20 years. It's just bribery. Right. And I want to just give a shout out to uh, the governor of Colorado, Jared Polis. Yes. Uh, A very well-respected, more progressive member of Congress for years and years. He was part of that Fourth Amendment caucus where he and Justin Amash worked together to try to uh, defund the NSA's domestic spying program. So Polis obviously, you know, was able to kind of take his congressional popularity. um, And Colorado's already such a a liberal progressive state and in some parts of it, obviously. Um, So good on good on Mr. Polis. Absolutely. You know, he's taking the initiative as a state. Uh, to kind of step up and and try to fill the void of of where the federal government has fell short. And as we talked about on last episode, uh, when it comes to, I believe it was Georgia, and there was another uh, actually Republican state saying that we will take in uh, Mm -hmm. refugees because, again, we created a massive, massive power vacuum that is being filled by uh, the Chinese and uh, being filled by some very nefarious forces, and we need to help anyone who helped us during these past 20 years. Democratic Governor Jared Polis, as uh, Travis said, uh, wrote Joe Biden. He wrote him a letter, and he said that Colorado, quote, stands ready to receive Afghan refugees. Uh, By the numbers, there are nearly 300 refugees and others with special visas. They have come to Colorado since October 1st of 2020, the start of the fiscal year 2021. Of those, 55% hail from Afghanistan. Between the start of last October and June 30th, nearly 90% of those who fled from Afghanistan to Colorado resettled in the Denver metro area, according to uh, data provided by the Denver's Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs. Uh, The Polis administration says the state is home to more than 60,000 refugees right now. So hopefully... Um, This can be handled in a streamlined way as well, and uh, it doesn't end up being what happened in Germany, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, where they just did not have any preparation. It just ended up kind of being a glorified ghetto. The whole thing sort of turned into a train wreck. If handled well, which is not easy, that's why I give Polis a lot of credit for being open. It's like if you open your doors to a, to foster care, so mm-hmm. you, you open your right. you do open yourself up um, to potential risks. However, um, these people are refugees, and as we've talked about before, I am just a firm believer that first generation Americans, refugees, they are the backbone of this country, and they're the most patriotic people <laughs> that you'll right. ever meet. You talk to an Afghani truck driver or uh, or Lyft driver. You talk to an immigrant and they will tell you how America is the greatest place on earth as we complain, you know, about uh, the things that we do deal with in this country. But it's interesting to get perspective. And uh, so I am I'm sure there's going to be some issues, but I am also optimistic. Upon arrival, refugees will work with uh, three local resettlement agencies. Uh, They'll be able to secure their basic needs, housing, food, job placement. Within the first month of resettlement, they also will receive a health screening at one of the five clinics, including the Denver Health Refugee Clinic. Uh, DHRC Medical Director Janine Young tells Axios staff that her staff performs a -a two-a-day, head-to-toe physical exam, along with numerous other tests, including mental health checks and mammograms, which I can assume are not exactly on the forefront 
of the minds of many people in Afghanistan. So we can also get some women's reproductive health, some of the issues, not that men don't get breast cancer too, mm -hmm. but these physical checkups, they're going to save lives. And I think, I think it's a good thing. So I don't Absolutely. know. Sorry, go ahead, Fernando. I don't know if you said this, Ben, uh, I, I believe you didn't, but I, what I thought was most interesting about uh, was a fact that for every $1 Colorado invest in the refugee, they generate $1.23 in return. It's great. Mm. So basically bringing these people generates jobs and it will bring more money just because of the labor force. Absolutely. And uh, let's not forget, um, this is a an amorphous nation. We are a nation of immigrants, despite what some... Um, Psycho, alt-right, far-right, lying bigots want to say we are a nation of immigrants, and um, this is just another another uh, influx. Mm -hmm. This is a, this is going to be the post-war wave, and again, we caused it. You break it, you better take care of it. And uh, those are the people we need to take care of. Well, it's an excellent point that you made about the workers. I mean, refugee programs do end up paying for themselves. Absolutely. Like you said, immigrants work harder than anybody. And let's face it, for any Afghans who worked in the poppy fields of Afghanistan, yeah. I think they're going to find the marijuana Woo. fields of Colorado much preferable. <laughs> oh, my God. Plant a few poppies in there, too, while you're at it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I love I love the state of Colorado. We had so much fun at Red Rocks. Thanks to everyone who came out. And it's just a beautiful city. Plenty of room there, too. Like oh, there's plenty said. of room in this whole country, man. And I'm telling you, obviously, again, I'm not naive. It's going to be a culture change. Mm -hmm. And there'll yes. be a culture shock for the first people coming over and all of this stuff. But just give it a generation, which is not long. It's mm -hmm. like you just have a kid. And then the kid's 10. And then they go to middle school. And then the whole, it's just. Well, yep. But you know, it's it. It's just um, exactly. Yes. It's exactly it. So yeah. Then know. they try dabs, and then they're in a Grateful Dead cover band. Sure. Whatever. Absolutely. That's Un so Ungrateful American. Dead. <laughs> it's so. It is America. It's so. It's America. That's it. And don't forget the uh, immigrants that came over uh, 250 years ago. That's us. All right. Go well, back. Just no, <laughs> Fernando. My dad just got here in 1972. <laughs> and we're glad to have him, Ben. Oh, all right. Just lastly, hundreds clash in Portland. I, I'm a, Portland is one of those cities that I love. It's a beautiful place, and it's making me so sad that it somehow became the home, the epicenter for extremism. I'm not going to do, there's good people on both sides. Mm -hmm. It all sucks when it comes to the Proud Boys. The Proud Boys put people in a position where they have to confront. That's mm -hmm. what they do. That's why they plan these rallies, and that's why we all know exactly what's going to happen. Unfortunately, this right-wing protest in Portland, it culminated in gun violence. Uh, so Antifa showed up again. It's just called, it's just anti-fat. I don't know what Antifa is. I'm constantly like, is it an, I don't know. Is there, is there an email? No. It, so it's just people who don't like the Proud Boys and then they're and fascists and they're like, you must be Antifa. And it's like, no, I don't even like this guy. I just literally hate them because they're fascists, you know? Yes. But this guy's a vegan and I think he's a pussy. <laughs> like, I don't necessarily know if there's a uniformed ideology with the protesters protesting the Proud Boys actively being fascist. I think it's just what you said. It's the, the Antifa is not an organization. It's just everyone who agrees that fascism is bad and they don't necessarily agree with each other, but they agree that fascism is bad. Right. But, but you know, when you it's it's you can't really label that on Fox News. 
So what you got to do it's a, is, it doesn't fit in the Chiron. You, you got to say Antifa, and they, they got an email, and they all wear black masks. Well, and, and, then, you know, and then of course the flip side is they market Antifa as like the the left wing fighting mm-hmm. back against the Proud Boys, and it's like I'm sorry, Joy Reid at MSNBC, I don't think you know any of them. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. not that's not what they are either. Oh God! So the firefight took place in the heart of downtown Portland just after 6 p.m. Uh, the Portland Police Bureau confirmed that a man had been arrested over the shootings. They didn't have any incidents of injuries or they haven't reported uh, any injuries at this point. Uh, of course, the Proud Boys, you know, with their activity during January 6th, one of their heads just got sentenced to six months incarceration. All I know is, and this is this goes out to if you are if you're a Proud Boy listening, this is not the road you want to go down. Uh. There is no positive ending. There's nothing you can do. It's just a complete waste of your life. Stop it. If you really want to go and uh, have a tumultuous time, go do what Jimmy Carter did. Go build houses in Africa or parts of the world that are in dire straits. That's what it seems to me. Maybe we have too much boredom and yeah. these people... It's more than cosplay now. It's a violent LARP like Q. But if you really want to have action, go somewhere and do something good with those desires. Don't go to the streets outside of a freaking abandoned Kmart in Portland and have a goddamn shootout because of your stupid political ideologies that was started by a goddamn moron named Gavin McInnes. Talk about a joke again that got out of control. So... I don't know. I just, I always hear these stories in Portland and never really mention them, but it's just so, so sad because Mm -hmm. Portland's a fucking dope city, dude. And they don't deserve to be dealing with this shit. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens. This is where refugees and immigrants, you know, again, they, they become model citizens, more model citizens than some of the people. And you you see the proud boy rhetoric of immigrants destroying the country. (laughs) What are you talking about? Get out of here. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my oh. Lord. Anyway. All right. So just be careful out there. And if I, I uh, my heart goes out to anyone who is dealing with a friend or a family member who went down that stupid, proud boy road, which started out as a joke and has gotten far, far too serious. Um, so, of course, the mayor um, has said uh, he doesn't want the, he wants the protesters to, quote, choose love. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Seems mm. like the mayor of Portland, uh, Mayor Ted Wheeler. He might be completely out of his depth um, because he just said at a virtual rally and press conference to, quote, choose love. And I don't know if that's really like that's not going to that's not going to get it done. Apparently, <laughs> the city has a very uh, hands off policy, uh, basically, because it happens so much that the city is taking a very hands off policy to that, to policing the the protests and everything, because there was only one arrest in this whole incident. And those protests are not happening in the affluent areas. Mm, that's a very good Imagine point, that. Same Imagine thing with that. Minneapolis. Mm. Yeah, well, let them destroy their own community. It's like, mm, that's a that's a really great that's a great way to police your community. That's wonderful. It's about public safety, I thought, but whatever. All right, everyone. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. Never forget, Andrew Cuomo left his dog at the governor's mm, mansion. Captain, <laughs> oh, Captain, I love you, Captain. I'll take care of you, Captain. I'll tell you one thing: Jerry would get Captain in line, and so would Puffin. Oh yeah, Puffin doesn't Puffin. Have any guff. Jerry, Puffin, Captain, this is Jerry. <laughs> no, wait, but Captain, this is Puffin. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> you better behave, or Ben ain't gonna give you no treats. 
<laughs> and I tell you one thing, he's got some of the better chicken bites. And when he gets drunk, he gives you anything you want. <laughs> Which is sadly true. That is true. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hope you're doing well. Staying happy and healthy and safe out there. Can't wait to see you on the road. We'll be in Detroit. And then we're going to be in Cincinnati. And we'll be in Columbus. Can't wait. I'll see you soon, Ben. I will looking forward to that. Absolutely. Okay, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.